think that I can't read the danger signs. What's the matter? Nothing. What's the matter? Nothing. Some people like things left unspoken. I prefer to have it out in the open. Some people like things left unspoken. I don't care if you shout it, get it out in the open. Come on, come on, let's have a fight. Come on, come on, let's have a fight. Come on, come on, let's have a fight. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of an NL Central podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Roseberry of Red Reporter. Uh, here with uh, Alex Chrisafoli. Alex, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. And uh, Ross Berkowitz is back. Uh, say hi to the internet, Ross. Hello, internet. All right. Well, uh, so we were wondering, what do you talk about when you've got a uh, Reds and Brewers fan together? Uh, not much to be. The Reds blew a 4 nothing lead, and last time I checked, it was 10-4 tonight. So... Uh, struggling a little bit. Uh, obviously, the talk of baseball yesterday was the Jose Batista Rugnet Odor uh, brawl, uh, and so we got thinking about uh, NL Central brawls that we remember. Uh, and obviously, Alex, the one you and I thought of first was the 2010 Cardinals Reds showdown. Great brawl, underrated brawl. It was ESPN. Showed, actually did a an article today where he talked about the top ten. Uh, I don't know the time frame that he put on it, but it cracked the top ten for baseball brawls. Okay. So here's what we thought we would do. Uh, Alex, give your – what happened? Why did that fight happen? Okay. Um, so this is, what I, this is what I was saying. The night before the fight between the Cardinals and Reds in 2010, Brandon Phillips gave an interview, and he called the Cardinals – um, are, are we swearing on the podcast? Uh, can can believe it. Okay, he, he called the Cardinals uh, bitches. Um, I said I hate them. Uh, it was kind, you know, Brandon Phillips. He was being a funny guy. I think it was kind of tongue in cheek, but there was also, you know, he, there was clearly some animosity there. It was a heated and, time in the rivalry. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the next, the next day it was a day game. Uh, I remember at work when. Um, when this was going down, to lead off the top of the first, he walks up to the plate. I'm sorry, bottom of the first, because this was in Cincinnati, and does that thing where he, he tries to touch uh, Yachty's shin guards, kind of like that little, hey, man, respect thing. And, and Yachty swats his bat away. Um, he tries to do it again, and Yachty does the same thing. And then this time, Yachty stands up. They get in each other. So I haven't seen this brawl in a while. This is all from memory. Um, and bias, um, but <laughs> Yachty gets up, gets in his face. They start arguing. At some point, Yachty's uh, helmet comes off. Like he takes it off, and that's when you knew something was about to happen. And the benches are clearing. I think they were shoving at this point, and it looked for a split second like that was going to be the end of it. But then I think a lot of it had to do with Larusa and Baker chirping back and forth at each other. It's always, you know, it's always neat when the managers get involved. But then, so then it erupts behind home plate, and the momentum of all these tangled webs of bodies just spills onto the netting. Like the only thing separating this brawl from from spilling into the seats was the, uh, you know, the the netting behind home plate. And in this scrum, uh, Johnny Cueto defended himself. 
<laughs> no. Johnny Cueto <laughs> straight up kicked Jason LaRue, the Cardinals' back, backup catcher at the time, in the back of the head with 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 his cleats and, and ended uh, Jason LaRue's career. Did it really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He never played oh. again. Chris Carpenter... Chris Carpenter was going insane, uh, fighting, trying to fight Cueto, and also trying to fight Phillips, I think. And at one point, this is my favorite part, and I don't know if this shows up in the videos, but I swear there's a part in, all, in this whole skirmish where you see Scott Rowland's face, and he doesn't know which side he wants to be on. <laughs> <laughs> How long had he been in Cincinnati at that point? Probably. Could have been that long, right? Uh, it was probably a second or third year sometime. I, I should probably know this. I should absolutely know that too, but um, I'm trying to remember how many years he was there after the 06 World Series. Okay, so the fight was in 2010. He was in St. Louis through 2007. 08. And then he got to Cincinnati in 09. Wait, where was he in 08? Uh, he was in Toronto. Holy cow. Why do was I think that at all? I'd like to point out that was the only year of his career that he didn't play in a team that wore red. That is Because he was with the Phillies, yep. Cardinals, the one year in Toronto, not even a full year in Toronto, or a year and a half in Toronto, I'm sorry, and then Cincinnati. Okay. They have that red maple leaf, although not why. I don't. I think they had those older uniforms. Uh, they didn't wear those same uniforms when he was there, but they kind of incorporate that red maple leaf into their uniforms a little bit. Okay, but this is way off the. With that setup, here's what we thought we would do. Obviously, you saw this fight one way. I probably saw it a little differently. Ross has never seen it. Eric, Eric real quick, can I stop you? Oh yes, go. One of the best parts about this whole day was um, Yadier Molina hit a home run, basically to win the, to uh, to put the game out of reach. Okay, that's a little bit. Now back to what's important. Um, <laughs> So Ross has never seen this. We're going to get an objective. Ross is going to watch it now. And Ross, at the end of this, I want to know who's to blame <laughs> and whose side, which side was most honorable in the midst of this. <laughs> okay, honor among thieves, I guess. Here we go. Talk as you're watching. Okay. We'll put this Here in. Here we go. The, go ahead. This is an MLB.com must-see video. Oh, Yachty kicked the bat. He didn't just put it away. He straight up wound up and kicked at it. He is not happy. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, Phillips took his helmet off first, and then Yachty took his mask off. There's the chest bump. Oh, Jaime Garcia was pitching. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like at the start, there wasn't much to it. It's just everybody got angry, kind of walked in. Not yeah. much happened. And then, okay, so yeah, there's Dusty trying to get his guys back. Oh, Jeff Zupan. I forgot he pitched there before. Uh, yeah, Scott Rowland's over there talking to Yachty, trying to calm things down. Okay, yeah, it looks like it should be over now. About a minute into this video. Oh, yep, there's Dusty and Tony talking. That can't be good. Those are two fiery guys. Yeah, they've been standing around for like 30 seconds with nothing happening right now. And now two di an umpire and 
I don't even think. Yeah, that's an umpire and somebody else are pushing Dusty back. Oh, all of a sudden, oh, here, here it starts. It's somebody without a jersey on, who I think is a red. That's and Carpenter, of, I think. Oh, that's Carpenter. It's always Chris took Carpenter. His, took his jersey off for some reason like it's a hockey fight. <laughs> Whoa. That is kind of, yeah, that's pretty nasty. There's just some poor ump in the middle trying not to die. Somebody just went down. We need mosh pit rules, guys. Pick that guy back up. Okay, guys, whoever that was is back up. But, oh, yeah, Carpenter's shirt got halfway ripped off, it looks like. That's right, that's right. It's, I, don't, I haven't seen the kick yet, but there's still another two and a half minutes of this video. I think the kick already happened. I think it happens in that initial... No, it looks like it hasn't, because LaRue's just kind of... You can see him oh. in the background, and he's standing around. He looks like he's okay right now. Well... Huh. He didn't realize how bad he was hurt until later, because it, yeah. it was a concussion. Yeah, apparently he had, like, 20 concussions going back to his time playing high school ball. Mm. Yeah, and it did end his career. They sent him back. Okay, now there's a different angle for the whole thing, so maybe we'll actually be able to see what happened there. Oh, yeah, of course the bullpens had to clear, because relief pitchers like to pretend like they're going to do anything in a baseball brawl. Yeah, it's such a weird brawl, because it was like a minute and a half in before anything really happened. And I don't think there's a good angle that shows what sparked the the big the big part of it. Is there? No, it looks like there's kind of words exchanged, and then it was yeah. Carpenter was talking to somebody, and then whoever on the Reds. That's when they went to the backstop. Oh, I think what happened. Johnny Cueto was, like, pushed oh. up against the thing, and then he wound up and, yeah, kicked him in the back of the head, and then a couple of his teammates took and grabbed Cueto and got him the heck out of there so the Cardinals didn't take his head off. But yeah, poor Scott Rowland in the middle is just trying to keep everybody from fighting. Yeah, that's such an interesting brawl. All right, well. Like, okay. Who's to blame? Uh, I think it's Phillips. What? Thank you. Give a little yeah. sin tap. I, I, I didn't think anyway the Cardinals are going to fair shake in this, so I, I'm happy to hear you say that. <laughs> well, obviously Molina probably, I would say it's probably 60-40 Phillips-Molina. Because first, Phillips talking is what obviously angered Molina. And then he tried to do the, I'm guessing without any sort of letting him know in advance about it. He's just trying to like, oh, hey, you know, we cool. Oh, but obviously yeah, it wasn't. So then Molina did not at, react well with standing up and keeping him out of the batter's box. But Phillips was the Ar first arguably. one to take his helmet off. So that's why I would say it's about 60-40 Phillips Molina on who started it. And I... This is coming from someone who really dislikes Yadier Molina. <laughs> <laughs>
So yeah, I'm sorry, Eric. I, I, I think it, it was more the Reds than the Cardinals on this one. Well, okay. I can it's take that. Funny, the funny thing about this, uh, one of the things is for the, for the years after, no one got booed worse at Bush Stadium than Brandon Phillips. And he still gets booed, but it's somehow morphed into um, friendly boos. Like enough time has passed, and you know I think most people have understood now understand that Brandon Phillips is actually a pretty good guy. Uh, um, so now he's kind of just like a foil. Um, whereas mm-hmm. that right in the aftermath of this, it was we hate this guy. We're gonna you know boo him like crazy. Well, even as even though I think Phillips was kind of the main instigator, I would still want to boo Cueto more than anybody else. He's the oh, one that really went crazy. He is still he's still hated. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that, not only that, after he leaves the Reds, he goes to Kansas City. So, yeah, he he's absolutely hated. This uh, okay. Let, let's do this. This is good. It's a week where we're talking about rivalries and stuff. Let's go through the NL Central. Each team. The player you have hated the most on that team. In a friendly, you don't want anything bad to happen to him kind of way. Of Has any have the Brewers ever been relevant enough for people to hate their players, Ross? Well, yeah, I, I think there's one obvious candidate, and it's Ryan Braun. Ah, that's but that's not for any on-field stuff, really. Alex, do you have a Brewer? I think you're. I yeah. During 2011, I didn't like him at all. Um, no, no, nothing other than the fact that they were our competitive rival. and But, uh, yeah, Niger Morgan. I didn't like Niger Morgan at all. He uh, he also, um, I, I think he called them, like, uh, those crying birds. In fact, there's a really funny Twitter account, um, Cardinals fan, called Those Crying Birds uh, from that <laughs> Niger Morgan quote. Um, so from the Brewers, I would say... You know, you know, I didn't like I didn't like the Brewers just because they won the division in 2011, and but yeah, they, they most of the players on the team were pretty likable. Br- Ryan Braun in the aftermath of the steroid thing when he blamed it on a yeah. anti-Semitic Cubs fan. Uh, I mean, it, that's not it, what it, actually it, happened, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> The anti-Semite thing was just Jeff Passan, and it was allegedly something Tulo and I think Joey Votto told him, who both immediately said that they never told him that. Okay. <laughs> so, the anti-Semite thing, while okay, uh, well, Braun, Braun's original uh, press conference was, a, in retro, you know, looking back, doesn't look great, but the whole anti-Semite right. thing officially... Never happened. Okay, so and as you know, officially Jeff Passan made up. Let's stipulate the anti-Semite uh, thing didn't happen. He still tried to basically smear that guy and discredit and discredit him and his profession. Well, yeah, yeah a oh, little bit. On. The guy didn't actually. The guy didn't actually lose his job. He just got reassigned to only being the um, collector for Cubs and White Sox. A, so he didn't actually lose his job. Mm-hmm. Okay. He just got reassigned to no longer cover Milwaukee because it used to be he covered sh- both Chicago's and Milwaukee. So that's another misconception. The only guy that lost his job was the wait, whoa, 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 slow down. What's the, the misconception? The, my, what I said was <laughs> Braun tried to discre- basically said you are basically tried to discredit him and say and said he um, 
somehow tainted his sample, correct? That's how I remember it. He definitely strongly implied that oh, shenanigans okay. occurred, but he never went far enough to say that it was a tainted sample, if I recall correctly. But the misconception is a lot of people think that the collector got fired. The collector did not get fired. He just got reassigned to no longer be the collector in Milwaukee. Yeah, I probably Ryan Braun. <laughs> I can't think fair. of anybody else. Uh, I mean, Ryan Braun is even before that. So he used to have a couple of restaurants that he was like, I, you know, he owned, but really he was just like the public face of. And one of them was an Italian restaurant called Ryan Braun's Graffito, and it was uh, the contest was, you know, with Quick Trip you could win lunch with Ryan Braun. And he was wearing an Ed Hardy t-shirt in the commercial. So, like, there's a good chance that Ryan Brown's a tool. Regardless, <laughs> even without this, uh, the whole, you know, fallout from the steroid thing. He's probably not actually somebody anyone would ever want to hang out with. I like Carlos Gomez. I get that people might pick him, but I like him. Yeah, Car- Carlos Gomez was always just like the, he's more of a fiery Guy. It'd, it'd be like if Nitro Morgan could like reel it in a little bit to be reasonable. That's more like what Gomez was. All right. Who's our cub? It'd be a long list. I, I, it's a 25-way tie. I... <laughs> <laughs> Every uh, member I, of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> my least favorite cub. I, I, I can't say Madden. That's not... Um... Yeah, it has to be a player. player. And I can't say Hayward because he's he's only had a cup of coffee with him. You want to say Hayward. Yeah, just say Hayward. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to have to say probably Rizzo. Really? Yeah. Not the guy I would have expected. Is it because he walks up to Taylor Swift? No, I... I, I, That is is a wonderful thing. I liked it. I think he is secretly a bit of a hothead. Um... I remember he had a dust up with uh, uh, a role as Chapman, um, and Chapman was by no means innocent in this. He kind of buzzed one by one Cubs player's head. Um, but Rizzo last year during the Cardinals Cubs series that had several bean balls, he made a very odd quote after the game because he got plunked at some point. And after the game, I wish I could I could pull it up right now if I wanted to, but I don't even know what Google search I would do to find this. But he basically said something like, yeah, you know, sometimes when you get hit in the heat of the moment, you just go out there and murder somebody and, and <laughs> like bury them under the ballpark. But then you realize you can't do that, so you just kind of have to take your base. I'm like, wait, what? wait hold on. What <laughs> That is while you guys while you guys answer your your tough question. Okay. I say if you need another second, I got one. You can do it, Joe Ross. Carlos Zambrano. Okay. Oh whoa 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 whoa! whoa. We can do former Cubs. Sure. Oh Zamb. Oh, Oh, I didn't realize we had to restrict this to current. I I thought we were just talking about current players. Do you have a historical cup? This changes everything. Zambrano would, be, would uh, certainly be at the top of mine. He's definitely I say, on the 
On the current team? Um, God, nobody's really... I guess Miguel Montero. Because he once accused the uh, Brewers of stealing signs during the uh, 2011 Division Series when he was still on the Diamondbacks. Would be the the closest. But oh, apart from him, I mean, Lackey. as much as I hate to say Lackey. it, there aren't that many... It's John Lackey. Oh, Lackey. God, I forgot about him. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> or is he at that? But apart, yeah, but apart from Lackey, as much as it pains me to say it, nobody on this Cubs team is really that, like, hateable. Because yeah. they're all so young that there's, you know, so many of them are so young except for the pitchers that they just haven't had time to really do too much to deserve the title of most hated. It was, for me, last year, it started to become Schwarber solely because he crushed the Reds last year. Like, every time they yep. played, he was hitting a late-inning home run. and So he was, for on-field performance, he was climbing my list. I have no idea how I'm going to be able to find this quote from Rizzo. Um. Well, tell Rizzo to not lay down on the plate. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, I was a terrible ball player, so I stood right on top of the plate because I needed my free bases. You know what? When I got hit, I just went to first base because that's what happens when you stand right on top of the plate. Okay. How about uh, do we have a pirate, a current pirate? Garrett uh, definitely Garrett Cole. Yeah. I'm ch- yeah, there's not. Uh, it's Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, there's just not a ton of guys on that team that have done actually, too much actually, to be there are some sneaky, uh, unlikable guys on that team. Uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. I'm gonna while we're doing this, I'm gonna message friend of the podcast Rob Maines. Who is the most hated current player? Yeah, Sean, Rodriguez after the the wild card name. When he yeah. went out, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah, I forgot he was still on the Pirates, so. Uh, uh, who do we got left? Oh, there's no Reds you guys hate, so. Is it Phillips? I mean, Is it that easy out? <laughs> didn't we just 10 minutes ago talk about how Brandon Phillips instigated <laughs> a big brawl between the Cards and the Reds? <laughs> I've grown to like Brandon Phillips, though. Um I don't know who I I, I... I don't even have a good answer for this one. It's not because I think they're all likable. They're all gone. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, this this spot's reserved for Cueto for me, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess kind of going back to your uh, Kyle Schwarber thing, I guess Jay Brewers, because he always seems to hit a home run against the Brewers every single game. I'll take that. Well, I think that wraps it up. We, we covered every team. That, mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so we have got... Uh, yeah. You know, I just kind of pulled a fast one on you, but... Oh! oh, oh. <laughs> See, the problem with the St. Louis Cardinals is that there are just too many. <laughs> I did the list of the most, hated, the most hated player on every team, and this site simply listed for the Cardinals, the fans. <laughs> which, which side? Which side is uh, let me see if I can find it. Because that's, that's probably true. Um, if it was easily Chris Carpenter for years for me, 
Um, mm-hmm. But current. Hmm. Oh, it's definitely Yachty or Molina. Got to be Yachty still. Although Alex has decided he's a Hall of Fame catcher now, from what I saw on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I did see that. I I uh, I think there's a legit argument there. Would you like to make the Yachty or Molina Hall of Fame case real quick? Not really. <laughs> uh, That's fair. There, well, there's just so much to it. Um, you know, I have to start talking about, like, uh, weird stat because it, it's not a normal case of, you know, look at his jaws or, you know, his, his war is, you know, in the top, whatever. Um, I, I think catchers are very hard to judge. And so I, I'm comfortable throwing out a lot of the parameters that we normally use for Hall of Famers when it comes to catchers. And I don't know whether or not – that's probably not fair. I don't know. I'm probably just being biased because I, I think Molina is a Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, I, this is all kind of on the assumption that he plays, you know, three or four more years. Um and I, I, I like longevity, especially when it, when it comes to a catcher. Um, so I do yeah, think I, there's a way more legit argument, or there will be a way more legit argument that he's a Hall of Famer than um, a lot of, um, than most stat heads do. Well, he is, I think, an entirely stat head case because he has so much framing value that's only really been take into consideration in war models in the last couple of years. And even that only the uh, baseball perspectives warp. I don't even think that's a part of fan graphs or baseball reference war yet, but yeah, just for, and, and honestly, how, how much faith do you have in any sort of model being able to measure that stuff correctly? Cause I don't know if I do. Um, and, and trust me, the, the people who make those models are 10 times smarter than me about this stuff. But it just seems like such a hard thing to, um, you know, maybe framing not so much, but just like all these, every single person will talk about Yadier Molina being like the pitching whisperer. Um, you know, to the, I've heard it so much to, the, to a point where I, I find it personally hard to ignore, especially when you look at the stats that um, p- pitchers, with Molina have a certain ERA, pitchers without Molina have a much higher ERA. Um, obviously, there's other factors that can go into that, but I mean, at what point do you look at these these stats and be like, you know, there has to be something here? Yeah, no, I, I do think he's the kind of guy that's easy to undervalue. Yeah, and so well, yeah, it's just so hard for catchers to get in. Did you did you write about this at Viva Albertos this week? Is that why? I wrote about it today. Well, not about his Hall of Fame. Um, I just wrote about the fact that he has been um, – he's, he's been hitting really well this, this year. Um, he's out – it's May 16th, the night we're recording this, and he's out slugging Paul Goldschmidt. Um, and, and, you know, really? no one was expecting that because, one, of his age, two, he's – if you look at his stats, his stats seem to be on a natural um, um, decline the last couple of years. So, um, although that outslugging Paul Goldschmidt, I think might have a lot to do with Paul Goldschmidt having a down year, because Yachty's only slugging 440 with a right. just north 100 ISO. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like. No. Yeah. He, he's 
not having a normal Paul Goldschmidt year. I know that more than anyone because he's on my mm-hmm. fantasy team. <laughs> uh, oh, that's tough. It's been, it's been frustrating. Uh, but but still, like, Yadi, I believe this stat, and another writer on Viva Alberto has pointed this out, he didn't slug, I don't think any time last year was he ever slugging above 390. And that includes, like, the highest he was ever slugging last year was 390, and that was, like, in the second week of the season. So for him at this point on May 16th to, you know, have the slash line that he has, uh, you know, when we were just kind of expecting him to, uh, uh, I don't know, basically hopefully have an OPS around 650, um, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think the tough thing for Yachty's Hall of Fame case is that until he was, let's see now, he's 33 now. Yeah. So until he turned like 28, he wasn't that good of a hitter. Oh, he was a he was a whore. He was a. Uh, I'm gonna pull up his stats real quick. But yeah, yeah I've he, got his. I got his Fangrass page open. His. He had one year where he was at or above a hundred from 04 to 10, and then all of a sudden 11, 12, 13, yeah. he went 126, 138, 133, and those were the years he had. Uh, four, six, and five and a half win seasons. You're obviously talking but about apart WRC from that, plus, right? Yeah, yeah, WRC okay, plus. Yeah, because yeah. I well, I, I came from it from the career catchers page, and I know how to do that on Fangrass. I don't know how to do that on BRF, so that's why I was going that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he is right now. Where did he go? Thirty um, fourth in career Fangrass WAR among catchers. Looking okay. at, and he's, so the, his contemporaries that he's behind are Joe Maurer, who's 14th, although, you know, some of that has to be discounted because he spent some time at uh, first base. Well, that, that's another thing. Yachty's one of the few guys you can put on that baseball reference 98% of the time spent at catcher, and almost everyone mm-hmm. drops off but Yachty. Yep. He, so then he's... Moline, or no, Maurer, but we'll only count him about three-fourths of the way. Brian McCann and Russell Martin are both, let's see now, they're all within, Martin, or uh, McCann's at 34, and then Martin and Molina are at, you know, just at 32, so they're kind of within a toss-up of each other. And then Victor Martinez is 38th, and Buster Posey is 40th. So he will have the distinction of being the best of his generation, of full-time catchers, most likely. Assuming he can, you know, play out a few more years, just because, you know, McCann and Martin are both 37-38, so they're kind of probably done really adding much more value to their career. Yeah. So, Molina does have a chance, so long as Posey does end up um, getting moved off of catcher, which I think is likely in the next couple of years to keep him healthy. Mm. Um, He does have a decent chance of going down, you know, the best catcher of his generation, which I don't know how much that's going to be swaying the electric in electric in eight or 10 years when he's up for it. But I think he does have a chance. And especially with like, we're kind of saying as. Um, the framing models as in the uh, next few years coming up, the electric will probably just keep getting younger and younger as they call the roles of guys who haven't written about baseball in 20 years. So I think he's probably got a better chance than you would expect, Eric, but not 
He's definitely not a shoe-in. I think he'd be a guy that'd make it on about his sixth or seventh year on the ballot. Yeah. Where it'd take a little bit of time to get the momentum, get the ball rolling, where he'd make it. Yeah, and it wouldn't... I mean, I joked about it. It wouldn't shock me if he did. Um, it's... I mean, I'll never be that passionate about the case of Indy Cardinal, but uh, yeah, it's obvious how you know valuable he's been to that team, and uh, the longevity is an impressive part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's... I mean, I the one thing I think Alex and I can agree on is that they got to get Ted Simmons in that Hall of Fame before we start worrying about current catchers. Absolutely, but, you know, unfortunately, like, Ted Simmons is the best catcher the Cardinals have ever had. Yeah, he's also the best catcher the Brewers have ever had. There you go. Um, unfortunately, he's probably not getting, he's not getting in anytime soon, which is... Um, no, because I think he's still now eight or ten years away, or a few, he's a few years away from... Whatever the heck they call the Veterans Committee now for making it in. Derek Gould on, um, I, I want to say about a year ago on the uh, best podcast in baseball, made a point about Ted Simmons and that he just had, he was unfortunate that his prime overlapped with basically the best catcher of all time, Johnny Bench's prime. No, not, mm-hmm. not, not, it didn't completely run parallel with Bench's career. But close enough to where Simmons was kind of always in, um, you, you know, never in the forefront as the best catcher. Um, but it, but if you look at his stats um, in a vac, I always say in a vacuum. I use that expression way too much. Sometimes I'm not even sure if I'm using it correctly. But if you look at Ted Simmons' stats in a vacuum, they look really good. And not only it wasn't just bench; he was in there at a lot of the same time as Gary Carter and. Um carlton fisk too so that was just a great era for catchers that's four of the probably top 10 ever yeah hey uh the reds bullpen era jumped to 6.44 tonight who's who's in last place right now (laughs) no i'm not i'm not trying to be fun uh the reds the reds are okay they have lost tonight. Uh, so I was going to say this. We're not going to go super long tonight. Why don't we go around? Uh, there wasn't any huge news this week, but a story, a performance, a player, just something you think fans of other teams should know about. And, uh, Alex, why don't we start with you and the Cardinals? Oh, on, on the on the team I like? On the Cardinals? Okay. Yeah, just if, if people aren't following the Cardinals, maybe something they would have missed over the past week or start to the season. or. Yeah, okay. Let me – all right. Um, so, Aledmus Diaz and before him, um, Hazel Baker got a lot of press because they came out of nowhere um, and were were hitting a ton. Hazel Baker has, has cooled off. Diaz is still um, playing very well. But Stephen Piscotti is secretly is secretly sneakily quietly having a a very good season. Um, I'm going to pull up his stats right now. And I, I, I say, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say I can tell you he's having a good season because I just cut Carlos Gomez from a fantasy team. Okay. And replaced him with Steve Scotty. So yeah, you know. So he's currently mm-hmm. slashing um, 315, 378, 497, WRC plus of 137. And um, he so far has looked more than competent in right field. He's not Jason Hayward, obviously, but. He is. He's been. He's been great, and I, I think everyone should keep their eye on uh, 
Piscotti. Okay. That's- I like that. Uh, Ross, how about the Brewers? Well, the Brewers just played the Padres and went like three for 42 with runners in scoring position. Which just kind of sums up how inept the team is that the one thing they're good at is kind of hit, you know, hitting the ball is the one thing they're decent at, and they can't even do that right now. I know they went like three or four games without having an extra base hit. Uh, the last couple of games against the Marlins and the first couple against the uh, Padres. And I, I, I went to one of the games, and despite, I think it was like 11 base runners and seven innings against uh, um, James Shields, they didn't scratch across a run because they hit into uh, double plays in four of the seven innings or something like that. So, yeah, not, not, not a lot to get excited about around the Brewers. Well, that sounds fun. Um, yeah. Oh, and I looked it up. The Reds are actually not in last place in uh, Fangrass War among uh, bullpens somehow. They are only actually second worst, even though they have a worse ERA, FIP, XFIP, and have thrown more innings than the uh, Rangers. So at least you have that going for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been bad. Um, they, yeah, they gave up a bunch of runs tonight and a loss to Cleveland. Uh, for the Reds, I'll say coming into the season, left field was like the biggest question mark on the team. Uh, Jesse Winker is the prospect in AAA. People are kind of waiting on uh, to take that spot. Uh, but again, one of those quiet uh, quiet guys having a big year, Adam Duvall, is second on the team in war right now, which probably tells you a lot about where the team's at. Uh, but he's uh, hitting 286, 335, 71. So he's got a 135 WRC plus, six home runs. Uh, as of a few weeks ago, UZR and DRS had him with like a top three left fielder. I doubt that'll hold up. Uh, but in terms of uh, the few pleasant surprises Reds fans have had this season, uh, Adam Duvall has been one of those. Hey, hey, guys, guys, guess what Adam Duvall's BABIP is? Stop. Why are you ruining this? No, no, no. It's good. Can I guess? Yeah. 388. No, even funnier. It's not that funny. 369. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. I think I'm supposed to reply with nice. There you go. Uh, All right. Or you could uh, say get low, but I think I'm a little bit younger than you guys. That. That song was popular when I was in high school. I don't know if that's, that was necessarily on either your radar. You just assumed you're a little younger than us, Ross? Huh? You just assumed you're a little younger than us? Oh, well, context clues of following you guys on Twitter. I'm pretty sure I'm a little bit younger R- than you guys. Ross, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 26. Uh, oh, my gosh. How old are you, <laughs> Alex? I'm 37. What? <laughs> See, I did not think that was even remotely close. But then you keep talking about stuff that happened in the 80s. So I was like, is he really 10 years older than me? 37? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is, I don't Struggle's know. Struggle's real, man. Oh. Well, Roseberry, you're like, you're close to my age. How old are you? Oh, I'm 32. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I give that a pe- The four kids kind of throws. I would say, having a small uh, army of children. If I knew this, 
had I known this, I would have been way more condescending in every single conversation we've ever had. <laughs> no, I have a. I lost my hair at like 23, and I have four kids, and I've been married for 10 years. So okay. there's some contextual clues that throw people off. I've been married for two years and have a nine and a half month old. So we took we, we took different life plans. We did. Yeah. yeah. I don't know many who took the get married at 21-year-old plan, but it's worth no, it. No, yeah. there's no wrong. There are plenty of good life plans out there. Yeah. I, I am not married, and I have no kids, which is how I can drink two beers while recording a podcast a couple of weeks in a row on a Monday night. <laughs> it helps. Uh, well, why don't we wrap up with this? Uh, Ross mentioned the standings. Uh no shock to anybody. Uh, I don't know if they've included games tonight or not, but Cubs are twenty-seven and nine for a seven-fifty winning percentage. They are. Did they play Milwaukee tonight, Ross? Uh, no, it was an off night. Um, so it will be a three game. I think a three game set starting tomorrow. They got Milwaukee Which, tomorrow. Pittsburgh nineteen uh, and seventeen. Uh, they're currently playing the Braves. Uh, what the, in the world was that? Uh, my wife just. Uh, she says, sorry. I got it. Oh, okay. I if I can bring some water up. Um, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Silence your phone, man. I'm get, it's my laptop. Uh, let me turn this off. So, the uh, message saying fifth kid is on the way. That oh, She sorry. got sick this week, and I about cried because I thought, if this is our fifth child, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's You couldn't. I have a small SUV. That's I had to trade that vehicle out at that point. Yeah, you'll have to get a minivan, man. Oh, we have a minivan. Yeah, you'll have to get five kids. You need two minivans. Um, I think we're good. Uh, no, we won't talk about this on a podcast. Maybe after, but I am being pressed to make that a permanent thing that I don't want to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> the Pirates nineteen and seventeen uh, against the playing the Braves now. The Cardinals twenty and eighteen with Colorado coming up. Yep. Brewers sixteen and twenty two with the Cubs coming up and the Reds at fifteen and twenty two against Cleveland. So that's what's coming up that's, this week. Uh, the, I hate I hate interleague play, but I like those uh, I like those Indian Reds games. I do. It's the rare uh, <laughs> two games at home, two games on the road, four game series. So yeah, those are good. Yeah, I know the Brewers and Twins do one of those. Um, they already had theirs like a month ago already. It was early this year, but yeah, those ones are a lot of fun. I do like it. I like Francisco Lindor a lot, so it's and fun. That does help. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap this up? Uh, Alex, anything you want to plug? I'll throw it to you and then Ross. Uh, no, nothing to plug. Good talking to you all. Okay. Ross? I'm pretty sure in the next week or so, I will finally get around to writing uh, what the, I don't know if you heard my appearance on the, the flagship podcast, but it was decided that I have to write a uh, tailgate guide to Miller Park in addition to two different, a series and a different fun post. And I'm pretty sure I'll get the fun post written in the next about week or so and post it on Bash the Pen. Um, as a preview, it's about how I think the the working title is How Geopolitics Screwed Over Baseball's Most Vulnerable Group. Mm. Okay. Well, so. we will be looking for that one. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm over at Red Reporter. 
tomorrow I should have uh, since post Ken Griffey Jr.'s time with the Reds. Uh, if you could undo one Cincinnati trade, uh, what would that be? And I'll have five. Uh, trading away Kyle Loach will be a lot higher on the list than you would expect. I know that. So that hmm. will come soon. Uh, but uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, again. Oh, wait. Yeah. Eric. Go. You didn't share your good news. How you've got a new gig. Oh, I did. Yeah. This. Uh, if you don't live in Kentucky, it may not mean as much, but... Yeah, I started doing a weekly Reds recap for uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, uh, which is a website, started as a website for uh, UK Sports. Uh, it does have a radio show that's uh, daily now in Kentucky. I grew up in Kentucky, so I follow it all the time. Uh, but yeah, if you go to KentuckySportsRadio.com, I will have a weekly Reds. It's more for a general fan, a little more fun in the midst of it, so you can check that out as well. You have some work to do before you win over Booby Petrino. The uh, <laughs> very active comment section. So uh, I was. A no, that's great though. I, I know my friends who are UK fans from when uh, I used to. Li- I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, for a little bit. They they are really into that website. So that's that's very cool. Yeah. So I was excited about that. I'm glad it got going. But yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for joining us again on NL Central Podcast. 